Okay. Um, I didn't come here to talk about the Brooklyn Nets or about music or about any of those topics, really. Just a way to get you to come to this year. Um, but uh, certainly, I think it's funny. I actually, I got a, one of my colleagues in YU who works with, with Sneha students um, asked me recently would I um, like come talk to some of the Smicha guys about the topic of anti-Semitism and like how do uh, shul rabbis talk about anti-Semitism and I said to him I don't know I don't really talk about it so much um, but then when he said that I kind of said you know what maybe I should be talking about it a little bit um, it is kind of coming up a bunch um, and, and uh, I think it's important it's important that we talk about it not, I, I'm not we're not here to talk about we're gonna, you know, let's not give any more introductions let's just start um, it is clear, right, when, when bad things happen to Kalah Yisrael, right? So the Torah is clear, the Rambam is clear, what it is that we do as a people when things that are not positive, things that are tsaros, are happening to the Jewish people. Look at source number one, says, the, says the Torah, right, when a mechama comes to your land, Right, someone's coming to attack you. What do you do? So we, we know what we do with war, right? We, if you go to war, uh, even, you know, even Chasa uh, and Kala leave the chuppah, they go to war. There's a war. We, we obviously, we fight, right? We don't just dive in, right? But we don't just fight. We don't just fight. What do we do? What do you do? You blow the chatzotros. Why do you blow the chatzotros? It's a form of tefillah, the chatzotros. Right? When things happen to us that are bad, so we, we have to respond. And we respond in physical ways. And we also respond in spiritual ways. We respond with both. And says the Rambam in source number two, and a, the first Rambam in Hilchos Taniyos, Whenever something bad happens in Tzibor, we blow in the Chatzotros. Whatever bad thing it is, right? You got to call out to Hashem, you got to blow, blow the Chatzotros. And then says the Rambam, this is, this is the, a pathway to Tshuva. Right? Right? So I'm gonna mention something as an aside, which is important. The Rama writes here when we do this, what are we showing? We're showing that it must be that we did something bad that made this happen. And that before we're doing chuva. I had a conversation with Rabbi Tversky, and by the way, a lot of these sources, I heard Rabbi Tversky talk on this a number of years ago. Uh, a number of these sources come from a talk that he gave. Um, and he said to me once something so interesting, which is an aside, but it's important because we're bringing it up. Uh, a lot of times when people, when things happen to people, right? So the, these days, a lot of people, I get a lot of calls like, okay, so like when I put the red string on, like what bracha do I say? Right? It's like, let's back up. Why are we putting a red string? Right? When, I, when I'm going to put a key in the challah, like which type of key should I? I'm like, however, like, right? So I've talked a lot about schoolos in the past. You know, I don't, I don't like them so much. But the reason I don't like them is because we don't, I don't believe that, 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 that our avodah Hashem is magic. Right? The purpose of going through things that we go through is so that we should grow from them. Right? So I always say to people, like if it's something that's a real skula that has a source in Chazal, do it and also be makabal on yourself something in halacha. Right? A new thing that you're going to do. You're going to take on a new tefillah, you're going to take on a new mitzvah, you're gonna, right? take on something in your Avodah Hashem. Right? Personal. But why do we want to do that usually? Because if by, it's hard. 
And by taking on, and emotionally the reason we don't want to do it is by taking on something, what do we think we're announcing to ourselves? That we're changing, but that, that we're guilty. Right, if I'm doing, right, this is what the Raman says, actually. If, I, if I'm taking on something, if, if the source of the, of the Yeshua is in here, must be that the source of the problem is in here. So the first he said to me, he said, it's, it's not true. <laughs> he said, because we, we know, the Gemara talks about Yisur and Sha'ava. There are all kinds of things that happen for all kinds of reasons that we don't know why they're happening. But, so we don't always have to assume that every bad thing that happens to us is because we did something bad. It's just not, this, that's not true. So, how do you deal with this Rambam in that account? That's a good question. The Rambam seems to say that by, maybe he thinks, maybe the Rambam is saying that when it happens to the whole seaboard, it means something more, and more likely that way. But I'm just putting that out there because this, this Rambam drives home that point, which Rabbi Tversky said to me, he thinks is not correct. You don't say every t- single thing that happens to us is necessarily because of some bad thing that we did. Fine. But the bottom line is, but the bottom line is, more here. But, the, but the bottom line is, and she's also there. Okay. But the bottom line is, what the Raman does say, and this is true, is that whatever happens to us, the proper response of a Jew is, what do I do? Right? How do I improve myself? How do I show Kaddish Baruch Hu that I'm listening? Right? And I want to I I do better. And certainly the Kalal should respond in that way. Fine. And then he points out, and if you don't do so, and you think it's just like, whatever, there's a minak sha'olam, it's just a derach, a cry, the thing just happens to happen. So says the Raman, that's, that's achzarios, that's cruelty. He says, to, to assume there, there are more seats. To assume that uh, people, um, that things just happen to us random and we're not expected to do anything, that's cruelty. Why? Because then you allow yourself to just continue on in your, in, along, along the way of the same thing you've been doing. Fine. Why am I mentioning this? Because when we find ourselves in moments, right, like these, where there are signs hanging from uh, highways that say, you know, Kanye's right, and uh, all, this, this, this is scary, right? It's scary stuff, what's happening in the world. Um, there is more legitimacy given to anti-Semitic, um, uh, you know, language and comments, and uh, that, that I, I don't know that I remember in a long time from famous people, from people that people whatever you want to, I don't respect, but people who follow and have a lot of weight, pull a lot of weight, right? Um, and it it requires us to respond in practical ways. I'm not here to talk tonight about like whether you should do like what the ADL does. The, I'm not like whatever. I'm not going to weigh in on the political question. But that's important. That stuff is important. There are things that we should do practically. They had that, you know, that rally in, in Times Square on the first day of Hanukkah. Whatever it is, there are things to do, right? Um, practically. But it's certainly true that when things like this happen, it's appropriate for us as from people, as Torah Jews, to say, what do we do with this? And how do we respond? What's the response of a, a and that's why I wrote, a Torah Jew's response, right? How do, how do we, we're, we're from people. We care about Right? Avodos Hashem. So when we see things happening in the world, what's the response? We can just get nervous and get scared and say, holy cow, you know, what do we do practically? We can call the FBI, we can, you know, you know we can shore up the shul, etc. Yeah, but there's also, and we should do those things. Right? But we should also reflect, right? As from people, as Torah Jews, what does it mean? What does it mean, anti-Semitism? What is that, where does that come from? And what is it, what's the response then for us? So what I want to do is show you um, two, kind of like two approaches in the Rishonim and Achronim as to how Chazal view the source of anti-Semitism, okay? It doesn't mean that we, and, we, and, and we're going to see that, the Nitzvah is going to say it outright. I, I will never ever say, right, Blinder, never ever say, this is happening because X. I don't, I don't know anything. Right? We don't know. And the Nitzvah himself writes that. We can't ever say, we know because X. Someone's the Gemara tells us, X happened because of Y. Fine. But, we're not in the VM, we don't know. 
I probably told you a story once after Hurricane Sandy, I was working at TBC, and Rabbi Adler got up in, it was the, one of the coolest things he did, ever did. He got up in the, in, the, in, the, in the shul in school, and he said out loud, he goes, if any Rebbe in this school, he's in front of the kids, if any Rebbe in this school will get up and say, Hurricane Sandy happened because of X, I will fire them on the spot. That's what he said. I thought that was great. Because right? people were doing that, right? Oh, it's because of X and Y and Z. We, are, we have no idea, okay? And Chazal do give us, though, an understanding of what anti-Semitism is about, how it, came, how it comes to be. And I think it does, um, and not in the specific case, each and every case, but the, the general concept. And I think it's important for us to know what Chazal say about where anti-Semitism comes from, because then it's imp- that allows us to see for ourselves what Chazal expect our reaction to be to it. Okay? So let's take a look. Source number one comes from the Rambam in what's called Igeret Teman. Igeret Teman was written by the Rambam in 1137 or so, something like that. Uh, sorry, 1173, 1174. It was in response to a, a question that was asked of him from the Jews of Yemen. The Jews of Yemen were experiencing, um, there was like a pseudo, like false messiah who was kind of like created this hybrid Judaism and Islam together. Uh, it was causing a lot of problems. There's questions of, you know, issues of forced conversions and all kinds of really big problems for, for the Jewish community then. And there was a lot of, there was generally a lot of tumult in those times with um, some of the Arab countries and other countries that were, you know, uh, bearing down on the Jewish community. And this, this head, the head of the community there, Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov, reaches out to the Rambam. And he says, what should we, what should we do? What should we do about this? So the Rambam writes to him about what the experience is like um, and what anti-Semitism is really all about. Okay? And says the Rambam as follows. Look, look at me inside source number two. He writes, Right? That in this Torah, Hashem separated us. There's another chair over there. There are more. Um, there are... Uh, want to close space? It's another person who said just being said. Um, <coughs> that Hashem separated us from the rest of the nations of the world. So Hashem chose us. Don't be slow, don't be wrong. It's not because we're the best. Right? It's not because there's something that we did. Right? Basically, Avmitz and Yaakov were amazing. They locked it in. They got the contract with God. And now God has to hold on to it. And he treats us special. We get special treatment. Right? This is a very uncomfortable thing for a lot of us. Right? This idea that we are chosen, chosenness for the Jewish people is a very uncomfortable thing for, I think, for people in our community. In other communities, I think it's, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's sort of like celebrated more. In our community, we a little bit, we get nervous when we talk about Hashem chose us. It makes us uncomfortable, right? But that's what the Rambam says. Hashem chose us. And we know it's true that Hashem chose us, right? Fine. Look where it's bolded. And how did Hashem show us how much he likes us and that he chose us by giving us the way of showing us how much he loves us and cares about us and wants us to do this special job for him, he gave us very special responsibilities known as the Torah. The Torah itself creates a scenario where we are treated special and unique and different. How are we treated unique and special and different from the rest of the non-Jews? Some halachos that do that for us a little bit also. Bris Mila. 
even more practically. Kashrus, Shabbos, intermarriage, right? These are things that, halachos that we have, that by definition have separated us from the rest of the world. So what happens? Right? Who has, who, what, what nations, meaning it's us, there's no nation like us. And what happened? So what did it create? It created a tremendous amount of jealousy. I'm going to grab a chair from, from the... Um, it created a tremendous amount of jealousy. And it created this terrible amount of hatred against us. And then he says like this. Who do they want to attack? Right, when a child feels like one child has been favored over the other. So who are they angry at? The parent. Right? They're really angry at the parent. Right? That's what they're really angry at. They're really angry at God. They'd rather fight with Hashem. Right? If they could. Right? But that's not possible. They can't fight with God. And there's no time. From the time the Torah was given until this time, in the, 11, in the 11, uh, 1170s, there's no person who had to, hasn't been a time when there wasn't someone who wanted to rise up and destroy us and get rid of us and destroy the Torah or to force us to, to convert. Etc. All those people who did this to us. Right? And he says it happens in one of two ways. And it happens one of two ways. What are the two different ways that these nations go after us because of their hatred for us? So the first way, right? Um, what's the first way? The first way is to try to kill us. Right, the first way is just to kill us. Right? There are nations who wanted to murder us. Right? But there are others who did something a little different. Right? There are people who came at us with polemics. Right? Who wanted to attack us intellectually. Right? Trying to destroy our religion. Right? The Yavanim did that a little bit also. Right? They were after our religion, the Greeks, the Syrian Greeks. Right? But certainly, in later times, the Catholic Church right, tried to use polemics to attack us and to prove us wrong, instead of setting up these you know, false trials where automatically the Jews would lose, in order to what? To get everyone else, get the Jews to, to, to convert to Christianity. They didn't want to murder us, but they wanted us to convert. Fine. And then he points out that there are actually other people who did both. <laughs> right? They wanted to destroy us. They wanted to kill us. Later on, it's going to happen in Spain a couple hundred years later. Right? In Spain, in the, you know, where, where they, we, we think, you know, that we talk about that they just tried to um, convert us or, or make us leave. But the truth is, a lot of Jews were killed during the expulsion also from Spain. And, and basically, the Rambam argues that what is the source of anti-Semitism? Jealousy. Jealousy. Our chosenness. The fact that we are chosen and we talk about it all the time. We mention every time we get up to lane. We mention every single morning. Multiple times. How much we feel that God has chosen us. And that makes them angry and not like us. Right? And I don't know. If I blame them. Right? It's, it's a hard thing to hear. That's, that's the Rambam. That's in private. What? The example, that, the example you just gave us in private. We do it privately. Correct. Yeah. We don't walk around. We don't put billboards. We're the chosen people. But we are referred to as the chosen people. Right? We might right? do it privately. 
it's not a secret. It's not a secret. It, it, it's not something that's not discussed. There's a wonderful, there's a wonderful restaurant in Queens called Chosen, Chosen, Chosen Garden, right? Chosen Garden, right? But, but do other religions right? not also? I mean, I don't know their their texts yeah. and whatnot. But do yeah. I presume they also feel like they're chosen? Islam no? definitely does. Yeah, but but they but they but again, I can't speak for other religions. But it's it's if you know the old te- the Old Testament, right? Our only Testament. If you know the Old Testament, is, it's very clear, right? They, and by the way, what was Christianity called when it first came out? What do they call themselves? The New Israel, right? The New Israel, right? The idea being that. The Jews were now, the Jews had to be rejected in order for Christianity to be the right religion, right? Because until now, the Jews were chosen, right? New Testament. Right, New Testament, there you go. Right, the whole idea of we had to be rejected in order for them, that that religion to be the chosen religion, right? So you're right, they might feel chosen, but they know that we said that we were chosen first, right? So the stories of the Akedah, right? All these stories in, in in the... in the Quran, they switch it, right? It becomes Yishmael instead right. of But say, making themselves chosen. But why? Because they know that we say that we're chosen. Right. Well, right. So, the polytheistic religion can't all we say about us being chosen. If they have like 75... Yeah, I don't know what they say. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. But, but the bottom line is, this, this is what the Rambam argues. He says the source of anti-Semitism is our chosenness. Okay? And, and, you take, and the truth is, he's, not, he's got a lot of backing in the rest of Chazal. Take a look at source number four. So, <clears throat> source number four seems like a benign Gemara, but it's actually fascinating. Since the Gemara, source number four, the Gemara in Shabbos, pay test on Aleph, Anta Amad Bey, says, Mahar Sinai, the, the, that mountain wasn't originally called Sinai, it was called something else, called Choref, it had other names. Why is it called Sinai? Har Sheyarda Sina Leumos Haolam Alav. It's the place where, where what happened? Hatred fell down onto the Umas Olam. So what, if you were just reading that Gemara regular, what would you, how would you explain that Gemara? What happened? The other nations became hated because of it? You might make that argument, right? right? So it says, look at source number five, is the Ion Yaakov, not to be confused with the Ein Yaakov. It's a different safer called Ion Yaakov. And he says like this, Sinai. I'm sorry that the, that the print is not so great. Not that the non-Jews become hated, right? That doesn't make any sense. Later on, the Gemara it says that it was called Chorev because there was a, a Chorva that happened to the non-Jews. So then this would be the same thing, right? Right, that when we got the Torah Sinai, that was it. That was the moment, right? When now they start to hate the Jews. Because of the torments that we keep, that's why they hate us so much. And v'chein perish Rashi be'echa. What is he talking about? The next source. I pulled it for you down. The next source, six and seven. Check this out. Shamu kine nacha ani emenachemli kol oivai shamu rasi. Let all my nation, all the nation, all my enemies heard about the bad thing. It happens to be susu. They're so happy. Why? Because Hashem, you did it. Right? It's very, this is what Eicha sounds like, right? When you point the finger at Kadosh Baruch What do you mean, God, you did it. So simple shot is, God, you did it. You destroyed the base of Mekdash. Right? So look at Rashi. You made them hate me, God. Why? I have to eat different than them. I drink different than them. I can't marry them. would just be allowed to marry them. They'd be nicer to me. And that what Yirmiyahu is saying is that it's God, it's because of the mitzvah that you made us keep that they hate us so much. Well, I would say that 
I, I would agree that one of the reasons we're hated is because we don't assimilate. That was Shrem and the, you know, and, and Dina. That, you know. We also like, murdered all of them. Well, in that story, but yeah. But no, but they wanted to do that before him. Right, right. And the problem I have with the Gemara is that we didn't start being hated at Sinai because Amalek happened. Good. Three weeks before. Good, good, and good. Amalek was based on what happened generations before right, with Yaakov. Right, right, good, 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 good. And Ace of Sonia is Yaakov, right? We know Ace of Sonia is Yaakov. So that's, don't worry. Approach number two. Okay. Approach number two. Approach number two comes from, comes from um, the Nitziv. The Nitziv, it's, it's so interesting also. Oh, by the way, uh, there's one other interesting ha'ar is that the Drushos Haran, the Ran wrote beautiful uh, Drushos, like Drushos, like he gave him shul. And he, uh, he and the, the Ran was, was one of the Rishonim. And he, there's a sefer called Drushos Haran that has the Drushos that he, that he said. And he said, this is the pshat, when it's, we say in Shirashim, shecholas ahava'ani. But I'm lovesick. And he says, what's the pshat? What does that mean? It means that because I love you so much, Hashem, I'm, I'm sick, I get hurt. And I, I get punished, I get, I get hurt, I get beat up. Right, because of the fact that I'm c- committed to you, it puts me in harm's way. Fine. But the Tziv takes a little bit of a different approach. And we're going to see maybe why you can tell me later if you think that they're the same or they're different or maybe they're connected. And then the Tziv writes as follows. The Tziv writes about this a lot, actually. In, it's actually this week's Parsha. Um, he, he writes about the way the Jewish people acted in Mitzrayim. But we're going to see it here in a second. It's it, it source number eight. It's source number eight. Right? This is our, our favorite Pesach became our favorite Pesach song, right? If you like Shwaki or you like the, you know, the Mordechai Shapiro one. But And every generation they tried to destroy us. But what do we say? And this is the thing that, st- that st- stands for us. It's the thing that, that provides for us. So what's that thing? What is he? What is that thing? So the simple pshat is that it's like the Torah, or it's Hashem, or it's the promise, the Brisbane, the Basarim. And the, and the Tziv says, no, that's not, what sta- that's not what keeps us who we are. And he writes like this, source number one. This is the Agada Imre Shefer, the Tziv's Agada. You can find it in uh, Svarim Sar, it's a beautiful Agada. And he writes like this. Elakai al, what is this word, vihisha amda? It's referring to kiger yezaracha. The Pasuk that we read in the, just before this, in the, we read in a moment, in, in, the, in the Haggadah, Kiger, Hashem, was pro, Hashem told Avram, I'm promising you that what? Kiger, they're going to live in a land, but they're, not, they're not going to be strangers there. Hashem wanted the Jewish people to be Gerim, meaning strangers, not to feel at home or comfortable. Be'eres Right, that he says, I came lagur baaretz, and what is the what is the the the, the, the itself tells us, right? Why lagur baaretz? What does it come to teach me that Yaakov didn't come yishtakei Hashem? He didn't come to stay there. Mitzrayim. He came lagur Sham to be a uh, you know temporarily there. There's only one problem with that. He died there. He died, and not only did he die there, but the, the rest of his life, the rest of his life there. Who told him to go? God. God told him to go there. So what does it mean? Lagur baritz banu. Oh, it shows you that Yaakov didn't mean to lashish takei Hashem. He just went. Lagur Hashem, that's not true. He went to stay forever. So look what the Nitzim says. He gets vajrush 
שלא יראה להשתקע, ואין הכוונה שאלה בדייס יעקב שלא להישאר במצרים, אלא לא צריך השני, right, he's going to come back after the, after the famine's over, דייף שלום רכין, שרי בפירוש אמר לו הקדוש ברוך הוא, ואנוכי אלך גם הלא, השם says I'll take you out after you die, בייטייס מצרים, right, he, but, he said, but Hashem is telling him, go down, the gulf is going to happen, and then I'll take them out, right, so what does he mean to say? אלא כוונה שאין רצונו להיות כאזרח הארץ, אליוס בתורס גר, כדי שלא יהיו מעורבים כל כך. When they go down to Mitzrayim, what's the goal? The goal is to be Gerim. When you get to Mitzrayim, what are you going to do? You're going to set up, you send Yehuda down, right? You're going to set up your own community, you're going to live in Goshen, right? Right? Because the, 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 the Mitzrayim hate shepherds, we're going to live totally on our own in a different place, right? Right? Right, that, that Yaakov lived by himself. That we were supposed to live by ourselves. We're not supposed to be mixed up within the nations of the world. And look what he says next. Right, that's what, that's what Hashem wanted. That's what He promised Avram. You're going to be Gerim. And what happened when they got to Mitzrayim? They didn't do that. The Medr says that after Yosef died, they were about to Brismila. And then the Siv himself writes about how the Medr, he quotes a lot of Midrashim that they, they started, they didn't just live in Goshen anymore, they started living amongst the Egyptians, which we know, because why? What's the, if they're all living in Goshen, what do you need a Kabbalah to be Pasach? and go to the Mitzrayim. Mm-hmm. Why was it? Because they were living right next to each other. They weren't living in Goshen anymore. Right? They, had, they had grown and were mixed totally in, with, the, with the Egyptian society. Right? Let's be like the Egyptians. What happened because of that? What happens because when we, says in Nitziv, try to be like them, that's when they turn on us. That's when they turn on us. Why is that? Why is that? <coughs> right? V'chein hu b'chol dor v'ador. B'shash yisom mevakshem li'sariv b'yoser. When we try too much to be like the non-Jews. As umos ha'olam misrachakim mehem. Then the non-Jews spring into action and push us away. Umevakshem l'chlososam. They try to destroy us. Right? And that's what the Gemara says in Sanhedrin. Eicha yoshva v'adad. I said you should live alone. So you didn't do it yourself? I'll do it for you. I'll make you separate. And in fact, it's a puzzle in tell him. Source number 10. Look at source number 10. This is a wild... I, I, never, I never noticed this until, until, until I saw this quarter. <coughs> look at this. This is the... the Tehillim Parakufe tells the story a little bit in, in mini... Tells the story of, of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And it says, Yisrael Mitzrayim. Gar I didn't realize how relevant this was. This week's Parsha, right? This is like Mamish this week. Right? It could be a Parsha year. Right? So they go to, to live there. Es right? And they forgot about being their nation, that nation anymore. Right? And what happens? And what happened? HaKadosh Baruch flipped their hearts. Right? All of a sudden. All of a sudden. Why? What happened? What changed? What changed in Mitzrayim? The answer is we changed. The more we tried to be like them, 
the more they flip on us. Okay. That's what the Nitziv says. But he goes even further. There's a, there's a, if you've ever seen the, the Nitziv, the Hamak Davra on Chumash, so it comes in six volumes. There's five volumes, one on each uh, of the books of the Torah. And then there's a sixth volume on Shira Shirin, which I, when I got it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, can't, I don't know if I'm going to open this up. Like I'm going to learn the Hamak Davra on Shira Shirin. But in the back of that volume of Shira Shirin, there's, a, there's an essay called She'er Yisrael, which the Nitziv dedicates specifically to this topic, the topic of anti-Semitism. Fascinating. It must have been things going on in the 18, you know, 1850s that he, uh, when it was, it was Rosh Hashim and Velazhin, that he, right, there's a lot going on in the world. And he uh, felt he needed to talk about it. It's a very long essay, very long. And I just want to show you a little bit from this Sefer, what he writes about anti-Semitism. Okay. Um, can you see? Yeah. Okay. Um, you see the underlines, right? Okay, good. Yeah. Fine. So he writes like this. Zosh yesh lano ladas. He says, I want you to know. Ki osaha ava sho'avim osano. I does that, right? He goes, the, they're not, again, I, and I, however, I know this is like the way we don't like to talk about the non-Jew. We don't like to talk like this. Like, it's not comfortable for us. I, I, I want to show you. The Nitziv was not, was one of the most open-minded of the Rashi Yeshiva in his time. Right? The Nitziv is known for being one of the most open-minded. Okay? So check out what he says. I want you to know the love that they're showing us now. I hope, I hope it continues for a long time. I can't stand. It cannot remain. Right? It's eerie what he's saying, right? In Eastern Europe, in the, in the late 1800s. Even when things looked good. The hatred was kavusha. It's, it's being like under the surface. It's being held back. Right? Being held back under the surface. Becholzos. Chavusha hi batamon. It's being, it's under the surface. Venachona hi latseis tamid el apoal kigaspa yad hashkacha vietsosa le shachrenu musar. The moment Akash Brahu wants it to spring into action, it's waiting below the surface for us. Virak el Hashem nasayna inenu. Akash Brahu is in charge. But his, his point is that it's always there, anti Semitism. It's always waiting. He used that language. Anti, he used the word anti Semitism. It's always waiting there. Fine. And then look at the next paragraph. <coughs> because I can't give reasons for why these things happen. This is, this is a, it's like a natural phenomenon that the nations of the world hate the Jews. But it doesn't come out in every generation. But let's skip down to where I underline it more in the bottom of the paragraph. Because nevertheless, we've got to pay attention to this. What's this all about? We should be paying attention to it. So we should make sure it doesn't happen to us. Right? And then he explains. And he gives a mushal. And he argues that the Jewish people are like fire and the Umosa Olam are like water. And fire and water actually get along really well sometimes, right? If you have water in a container, let's call it a pot, and you have fire underneath that water, right? What is the, does the fire hurt the water? Does the water hurt the fire? 
No. And what happens when the fire, what does the fire do to the water? It boils it up. It boils it up. It gets it, it gets it going. Right? It stimulates it. Says in its sieve, Amisol is the fire, the Umas Olam of the water. And he says, when we have a half sick between us, when you have something blocking the fire from the water, then the fire can do its job, which is what? To bring the, to bring the light to the world. Right? We want to bring light to the world. Our job is to show the world that there's your Bosham in the world, right? But how do we do that, says the Nitziv? When we're separate. And when we, but when there's too much of a combination, a collection between, between the fire and the water together, what happens? The water puts the fire out. And now we can't do our job. And he says, and look where, it's, where I started. He says, There's a way to coexist. We want to coexist. And we actually want to have an impact on the world. Right? If you think about it, by the way, you ever think about this? I, people always say, like, how are we supposed to have an impact on being an Goyim if we're not, like, I always wonder this. If we're supposed to not be in Gullus, how are we supposed to have an impact on the world? Why don't we be in Eretz Yisrael? What's the answer? What's the answer? How can we impact? Technology. Okay, technology. <laughs> there are th- we can be an Orla Goyim on our own also. We can have a certain type of society that people look up to. Model right? behavior. Right, model behavior. Right? We don't always do that. Right? Don't look what's going on in, right now in whatever, in politics everywhere. Right? But we, both, both places are having trouble. Right? But, but, right? but in theory, right, we can be a model without being mamish together. It doesn't mean that practically we won't sometimes be together. We're in the same office buildings. We're in, this, we're in the same neighborhoods. Right? We're, not, we're not living in Mitzrayim, where we have like, totally separate neighborhoods necessarily. Right? But, but the ability that we have to have an impact on the world is powerful and it's necessary. But when we forget who we are because we get washed over by the Umas Olam says in its if, then we lose our power to do what we, that we need to do. And then what happens? And then what happens? And again, not that we know it's like you know, cause and effect, mamish, Necessarily, but what happens if we're getting washed over? Hashem needs to create that barrier again. So what do they do? They shove us off of them, right? They they get us out of here, right? And we think that's cruelty happening to us. It is cruelty. It is cruelty. They do cruel things and done horribly, viciously, horrible, cruel things to us. And we shouldn't. And that's horrible, right? But if we step back for a second, in theory for a minute. Right, what's happening, says in Itziv, is sort of the natural order is being put back in place. And that is that we're being separated by them because, from them because we need to be separate from them. And that, says in Itziv, is what's, what's really happening here. And he says, by the way, we, we can't really know. Look at the, look at the, at the way end. On the, on the left side, on the left side in the bottom part of the paragraph, he writes, Bechozos, which underlined, he writes, we don't, we don't know why Hashem does what He does. Of course not. We don't really know. Right? But, there's a, but there is messaging for us. Right? And he says, but even though we don't really know, there's still, there's still some things that we should pay attention to. Right? And we shouldn't give up from trying to understand. Like, what do we do, right? We say, wow, we have no idea why. So then that's really great. It's great to say there's no idea. We have no idea, right? Because if we have no idea, then what? Then it's not our we don't have to point here. <laughs> right? If we have no idea, so it says in itself, we don't really know. Hashem has his reasons. We don't totally get. We don't say why Khalila X person or Z person or this community or this. We, we, don't, we don't point fingers and we know why. But he says we shouldn't not point fingers to the point that we don't point fingers here also. And say, well, we, we should pay attention to what's going on. 
it, it would seem at first, right, that the Rambam and the Nitzvah are saying two very different things, right? That the Rambam is saying it's because we, right, because we, uh, because we're chosen, right, and that the Nitzvah says no, it's because because we don't separate ourselves, right? But it doesn't really have to be so separate, right? Because Nitzvah himself writes it, right? That really, and that Semitism is always there; it's always dormant. Why? Because we are chosen. And why is, it always, why is it always dormant? Why is it always around? So you could argue that you could put the two together. And the Semitism's always been and always will be because we're chosen and people don't like that. They don't like it. And at the same time, it, it can remain, maybe it remains dormant as long as we keep our appropriate distance and know who we are. And that's what this is really about. Right? The, the problem with that is that the backlash and the hatred doesn't just go on the people who are most assimilated. Arguably, it's the ones who are Not. most visibly yes. Jewish yes. and most visibly observant. Okay, I heard the most. You try to separate them. Correct, correct. And that's the point. It's not a, this, is not a, this is not a calculation. This is not a mathematical equation. Right? It doesn't mean that, oh, that person who's more assimilated, that person should, will get hit more. We're not saying that. We don't, we don't understand it. We don't know that. But we are talking about a general construct for all of Am Yisrael. Right? You're right. We're not, we're not saying, oh, it's that person's fault because they assimilated, so they're the ones who are going to get hit. Or because of them, we're all going to get hurt. That's, it's not about pointing fingers. But it's about the general, the general idea. The general idea. And it happens to be eerily true. Right, what, did they call, what did they call Berlin? They called it Jerusalem at one point. Right? They called Berlin Jerusalem. Right? So it, it's, it's scary to think about the things that the Nitziv wrote that really... We totally became true. Um, but, 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 okay. So what? <laughs> so what are we supposed to do? We only have a few minutes left. That's pretty big down, right? So what are we supposed to do about it? So I'll tell you what I think we should do about it. I think we should, we should do about it. If, if this whole thing, especially according to what Siv says, is all about our, it's, it's when we don't know who we are, when we get washed over by the, the place where we live, Right? By, the, by, the, by the surroundings around us, that we, that, that we are so, in some way need to be reminded, yikes, to be ourselves. So according to the Nitzvah, you'd ask the Nitzvah, what's the response right now to what's happening in the world? The answer would be, be, be a little more aware of who we are. Right? I'm not talking about quit your job. Don't worry. That's not, that's not what we're saying here. But it means, and it's not about physical separation, right? That separation that Nitziv talks about with the pot, it's not about physical separation. It's about a separation from an identity perspective. Who am I? The, it is an amazing Gemara. And this Gemara I quoted it last year, I think, in the Drusha. And the Ram, I know I said it last year in the Drusha, actually. And the, the Gemara tells a story about Unclus. When Unclus converted, when Unclus converted, the Caesar was very, very furious. Was furious. Take a look at source number 12. I'm just going to read it quickly in the, in, in the English. Unglus, the son of Colonimus, converted to Judaism. Caesar sent a troop of Romans after him. But Unglus enticed them by citing the verses of the Torah, and they too converted. That was, step, that was try one number one. Now they come back. The Caesar then sent another troop of, uh, of Romans after him. He told them, that, Do you not, don't say anything to him. Don't talk to him. But as they were taking him along with them, he said to them, let me tell you something trivial. The Nifiora holds the torch in front of the Pifiora. There's different people in the, in the army. The Pifiora in front of the Duxa. And the Duxa in front of the Hegemon. The Hegemon's the leader. And the Hegemon in front of the king. Sorry. Now, would the king hold the torch before ordinary people? They answered him, of course not. Unclus told them. But the Melach Machem Lachim 
holds a torch before the Jews. Because why? When we walk through the desert, a Baruch put an Omer in front of us. What happened? They all converted to Judaism. They dropped him in his day. They tried one more time. The Caesar then sent another troop after him and instructed them, do not discuss anything with him. And as they were taking him along with them, he saw mezuzah fixed on the door as he walked out of the house. He put his hand on it and asked them, what, and asked them, what's this? They answered him, you tell us. Elkins explained to them, the way of the world is that a king of flesh and blood sits inside his palace and his servants guard him from the outside. But a Baruch Hu, his servants Israel are inside while he guards them from the outside. Right? A Baruch Hu protects us. And they all convert. <laughs> so in Eliyam Moadai, where Schlesinger says, beautiful idea. He says, what's the two stories, the two, the two messages? One is the Amura Eish, fire, right, which we use. When do we use fire in our, for, our, for, for mitzvah observance? Hanukkah, Abdallah, right, Shabbos, in our homes. And the other example is the mezuzah, which is what? On the door as we head outside. And he says, Why, what was it about, about Unkelos that was like so attractive? And he says, what was it so attractive about him to them? Was that he, he believed what he believed when he was inside his house. And he believed it as he walked out the door. And there was no difference. They saw he was Tochel Kabaro. He was a person who was honest and real and sincere. He wasn't, he wasn't a faker. He was honest and true to himself about what he believed. And when they saw that about him, they couldn't help it but want to be like that. And I wonder, and I wonder that as we talk about this question, right, of, of what our lesson is from seeing anti-Semitism in the world, and I, I think one possible response for us is to work on that midah. Being sincere and authentic with our yadus inside our homes and exactly the same on the outside of our homes when we got into the world. Got into the world, it's much harder. It's much harder to be ourselves, to be proud of ourselves. Some of us have this inclination, right? Like naturally after like Khalilah terrorist attack, like, no, you're, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to be myself, I'm not, so that's good, right? We should do that in all ways. Sometimes we, sometimes we get nervous and we're not that way. But to, to say to myself like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be me. I'm going to be me and I'm not going to be embarrassed to be me. And I'm going to be honest and sincere. And I'm going to, and I'm going to, my shmir samitzvos in my house and outside my house will be the same. When I'm on vacation, it's the same as when I'm at home. Right? That I, it's something that, that is, it's just cold, cool part of my being. That it's unshakable. That it's unshakable. Because then it's part of my identity. It's not just something that I do. It's, it's who I am. It's who I am. And it's a big difference. It's a big difference. I saw an amazing video. Someone sent me an amazing video. Maybe you saw it. I don't know. There was a, a rabbi in, uh, in, who's a, a Chabad rabbi in, in Russia who runs a camp for kids. And uh, kids were totally assimilated. Totally assimilated. And so he said one day, uh, there was, they had a mall came to the town. And one of the boys who was 13 came to the, to the rabbi. He said, I want to get a bris meal. He said, your mom knows? He said, yeah, my mom knows. So he fine. So he shows up, gets ready to give him the bris. And he, and he has the bris. And he says to him, why did you get it? What, what, why did you want it? He sees like shaking so much, like so nervous. He goes, you're so nervous. I can see it. He's like, yeah, I was like, so nervous. He said, so why did you do it? He said, because this year at camp, I got an aliyah. And when I got an aliyah, the rabbi, the, the, one of the counselors said, well, you got to like pay for your aliyah. So I said, I don't have any money. He said, I don't want you to pay money. I want you to pay with the mitzvah. So I said, you know what? I, my counselors always tell me about doing a bris. So I'm going to get a bris. He said, but I said, I'll do it in three years because I was terrified to ever do it. So I said, I'll push it off. He said, but I came now to do it. And he says, you know why? Oh, he said, but, but, but I, I, you know, the, the counselor said, I'm not going to be there. So how am I going to know you're going to do it? So he said, I, I'll give you a, you have to get like a guarantor, a person who's going to like 
watch it, make sure you do it. So he said, I chose my, my counselor, Shalom. And Shalom was going to be my guarantor. So he says, Rabbi, you know why I'm here today, right? And the rabbi says, I know why you're here. Because Shalom, who was his counselor, had died in the car accident a few weeks before. And the boy said, I know that Shalom is waiting for me to do a mitzvah for him. He, I promised him I would do that mitzvah. He said, so I came today to get my bris minute because I knew I couldn't wait one more second. Shalom was my guarantor to do the mitzvah. So the rabbi, so the rabbi said, he said, so when I got, get a bris, you get a name. He said, so I picked the cup and I said, if you carry Shalom Yisrael, the boy's name Nikita, what's your name going to be? He says, what do you think it's going to be? Shalom. Shalom. He named himself after the counselor who was makari of him and inspired him to do a mitzvah. A mitzvah that no one was doing. And none of his friends, his parents hadn't done it for him. Right? His desire to, to come close. He said, now that kid three years later is a counselor in the camp, right? inspiring other kids to do the same thing. Kids who, had, who have no education and nothing, who said, I'm going I'm to do it because that's, I want to identify as a Jew. And I think that's, that's what we need to look at. I think we need to look at it ourselves. Everybody in their own way. When I go out, when I go out, out of my house, how do I identify? How do I want people to see me? Am I embarrassed? I, I, I ask myself the same question. My sisters are out, they're going to be in when I walk around different places. They're out of the in. It's in Bayamaka. Whatever it's going to be about me. But the way that I act is everybody know that I'm a Jew and I'm proud of that. And I think that's something that we need to think about. I think a, a religion, we have plenty of practical responses in anti-Semitism. We should do that. But there's, there needs to be, like the Rambam says, they're blowing the shofar for us. The horns are being blown. And the question for us is how do we respond? What are we going to do to strengthen and solidify our Jewish identity in a, in a way that we haven't until now? And I think if we do that, then we're doing, we can't save the world. We can't save the world. We can do something small for ourselves. And if we do that, then Bez Hashem, this should go, uh, should go away and should eventually become a time when, when you know, uh, anti-Semitism finally goes away, time of Mashiach. But in Bez Hashem, until that, until that happens, we should do our part to strengthen our own Jewish identity as a response to this topic. All right, shkoyach. Oh, yeah. Yeah.